And we are live. Kids got all kind of toys. It tricks up my sleeves. Hey. What's up, Dirt? How you feeling? I'm feeling all right. You I'm like a uh, hundred bucks, my friend. I feel like a two dollar <laughs> bill, which is rare. More yeah, like three. Yeah, rare. I had a dentist this morning at seven thirty in the morning, numbed the shit out of me, and just went to town. Are you like loopy at all or are you just no, numbed your mouth or what do they call other it? parts of your body? <laughs> Everything. Oh, okay. What's no. it called when you get a shot like in the immediate area? It's localized. Oh, local. Yeah. Did you get a local? I got a localized. You went local? What is it? What are they called? Anesthetic. Anesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that bothers me is uh, you got the, t- you know, they had to do uh, two cavities on the lower and then one cavity on the upper because I chew on plastic all the time. I'm just one of those kids like pen cap chewing on it so you think you've worn down the enamel on your teeth chewing on the plastic and as such your your teeth are now more vulnerable to decay yes and then grinding at night Mm. no good but the one thing that bothered me was i'm just sitting in the chair with that thing in my mouth you know (laughs) and then and then they're just having a full-blown conversation right across from me i'm just like i can't even chime did you wake up with the top button of your pants undone (laughs) well they didn't put me out just they hit me with the Novocaine. Seinfeld episode right you, there. You, you, oh, it's genius. You wonder if the Novocaine like runs, like how much Novocaine would it take to like be fucked up on Novocaine? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Like if they shot it to like in your gums, but like overdid it. Is there like a street, is there like a black market for Novocaine? You would think there should be, no? There's black market for everything. Let's start, let's just start selling, we'll put that <laughs> shit in that, I got that cane. <laughs> Yo, Nova. <laughs> From G-Co Nutrition? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> New Nova. <laughs> That's the thing, right? It seems like it would be something that people would get into. I guarantee you if you told somebody like, oh man, I got this whole thing in Novocaine, I don't know what to do with it. They'd just like, shoot it in your neck. They'd be like, yo man, let me get, let <laughs> right me, in the gizzard. Let me get a little of that, little of that Nova. Yeah. Gee, yeah. what have you been up to, bro? Man, you know me, dog. Same answer every week, fam. Same wild, answer every week. Wild life. You Doing know? a bunch of drugs, going to raves, yeah, I, staying up late. That fl- or cop cars. That or <laughs> uh, you know, weights and babies and writing some words. Ooh. You know how it is. You're good with the words. I'm not really so good with the words, Mr. Greg. I'm uh, just You're you're better than you, you give yourself, yourself credit for. Short. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You should use more of the words. Yeah. I spend too much time with these words. Let's segue into um these kids that are doing these spelling bees you ever see that like the <laughs> once every year they do the yeah. spelling bee and yeah, they just yeah. know these words no, it's just kids, it blows my mind the latin root of yeah. that word those kids are incredible can you use it in a sentence please those kids are amazing i mean yeah. i remember like like i think it goes the same way like pretty good at spelling just naturally and those kids are like from a different universe. i should be a lot better at spelling based on my vocabulary yeah, and yeah, i'd yeah. like to think my intellect right. like you would think I'm a much better speller. I am totally like the the second computer started autocorrecting yeah, yeah. things and like spell check was in like a word. Mm-hmm. Like my brain was like, oh, we don't need that. We don't need to reserve space for proper spelling anymore. Yeah. So just totally got rid of that skill. All right. You know what's interesting about that, right? Is that um, okay? Well, I, I'm a pretty good speller in general. Like solid. I come, I come yeah. to you for words. You do. I'm a pretty good speller in general. Like you know, 
I'm like an eight out of 10. Those yeah. guys at the spelling bee being a 10 out of 10. But you know what I struggle with for whatever reason is instances where there are double letters within a word. And sometimes I'm not exactly sure like, what should be re- doubled. Does repellent have one? <laughs> right, right. And like, right, like, uh, I can't think of a perfect example, but like they, there are instances where I feel like, is that one too many R's? Is that one yeah. too many L's? Well, is that not enough word, L's? Is that a not enough R's? If it's a word with two doubles in it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. recommend. Yeah. <laughs> like that I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. That's a good and one. And I'm like, re- yeah, two C's, two M's. And then I what? stop and I'm like, recommend. <laughs> Recommend. <laughs> I'm going to recommend that. Oh R just one C. R E C C O M U R U. And then I feel like you get it wrong and, and your parents beat you when you get oh home. Like God. that. Yes, like it's, that's part it of that seems scene. like there's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pageant parents. I'm not so. Yes. That's what. Yes. They, I was, I was it's watching. It's really tough to. For me to believe that, like a kid, I'm sure there's kids out there who are just like brilliant, brain can't get enough, for sure, human dictionaries. But I feel like 90% of those kids are like at home, like studying the dictionary at gunpoint, a shaking hand turning the dictionary (laughs) page. (laughs) Yeah, wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, You might be right. I I was at a, I took Sienna to her first gymnastics uh, lesson the other day, and uh, you know, of course, I'm like trying to take pictures every chance I get, and this lady was like. Your first time. <laughs> and I was like, I said to her, right? You, did a, you immediately did a split. We got a first time right here. I just looked at her and I was just like, you know, and they're all like, I don't know. I'm not one of those parents. Like they're all talking to each other about each other's lives and families and yeah. kids and jobs and shit. I'm just there. You're sitting on the on other side phone. of the bleacher. I'm either on my phone or watching Sienna. So I'm taking pictures of Sienna, right? Uh, and she's like, first time. And I'm like, I'm not a pageant parent. I'm just excited because my kid's here doing gymnastics. Back up off, and then between, mean, you're between here, the lines are the between the lines yeah, are back up off me. Yeah, look, Nancy, fresh meat. Don't even look at my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But anyway, oh, you were talking about um, you know, not utilizing portions of your brain because of technology yes. anymore, right? Yeah. You want to know something that I I try to fight it with. I try to like I know the urge you speak of. Um, I know the uh, the march of technology and how it's rendered certain portions of our brain unnecessary or like modes of thinking unnecessary. So I, I try to, I'm weird enough to try to like resist those urges. Right. So like Mm -hmm. I try to still until I don't have to do math in my head. Right. So like, you know what I mean? Like I try to add stuff up and multiply stuff and divide stuff and subtract stuff in my head without going to the calculator. Right. Um, but like, it's interesting because I've encountered like really smart people over the years who don't even think to do that. Yeah. And so like as soon as math comes up, I'm trying to do it in my head and I'm in like without saying it like unspoken, I'm trying to beat them. Yeah. And have it done in my head before they get Absolutely. on the calculator. Yeah. I mean because it's Because I feel important. like it keeps my mind sharp, right? Um in it, a way that, you know, maybe uh you're not conscious of or um seems unimportant, but you know like I always you hear about like people with like um like degenerative brain diseases, right? Yeah. And uh, and it, that's not the main reason I do it, but you know, you hear about that, for example, um, people with Alzheimer's or that sort of thing, you know, dementia, and how um, 
crossword puzzles and all that sort of stuff like keeps their mind so sharp like i think of my grandmother who like well into her 90s was like reading the newspaper every day reading magazines every day reading books all the time absolutely doing doing crossword puzzles all the time and was ultra ultra sharp intellectually into you know her 90s um and i think it was because she was engaged intellectually that whole time so i think to myself all right well like if i don't shut that part of my brain off because i don't need it anymore and i'm still able to do numbers in my head maybe it's going to keep my brain no you know what it's like and this is a point longer i believe it's the psa section of this podcast but that's always what i say to like any kid who's saying like the cliche argument about like algebra in school or anything like that like you're not doing it because you're gonna need algebra the rest of your life you're doing it because it keeps your makes your brain strong it's like uh how many times am i gonna do flies right you know what I mean? Right. Like in real life, in real life, yeah, how many yeah. times? But you're doing that because <laughs> right. you want to make yourself stronger in many other ways. Yeah. And have that and range. Something. Yeah, right. exactly. Like right. you need to be able to. What happens when something unexpected comes out? Do you right. want to have like a brain that can react right. in a hundred different solid. ways, yeah. or is only like, ah, right, like right. crippled with fear? Able to think formulaically and stuff. Yeah. And like that. That's like an example. Like you know, um, something I struggled with. Like like I, I'm very good with. You know, pretty good with numbers and, yeah. and math and, and and whatnot and statistics and probability and yeah. all of the basic you know math, um, multiplication, division, adding, subtracting, all that stuff. Same like here. very good in my head with it, but struggled with algebra. Like that's the, that was a, like a mode of thinking that didn't come easily to me. You know, like my you brain know what? for whatever reason was wired in a way that that wasn't obvious to me. What I could not stay talking about doing stuff in your head yeah. with algebra and math and everything back in the day. I used to get so frustrated because i would get the correct answer and i put the correct answer yes. down and they i wouldn't yes, show my work yeah, and how too. i got to the me end too. and they'd be like yeah but you have to show me your work, work right yeah, and yeah. then i'd like so then i'd like put down how i did yeah, it in my yeah, head yeah, yeah. and yep. it wasn't like these rehearsed steps me too that's why i struggle with it did they expect to get You're man, trying to that think. made me so mad yeah, like yeah. at mm-hmm. school yeah, show yeah. your work like, I yeah right. i was like mad at the institution of learning because the way my brain worked didn't fit into their box that's perfect dude like i i could arrive at the correct answers but yeah. i had to do it in my head the way it seemed to make sense to me right and figure it out my way which was not necessarily the way that this the system that they used and because i wasn't using the system that they used to arrive at the right answer I, it was wrong wrong sir yeah, yeah it's almost being like hey i found the path to total enlightenment <laughs> and they're like no, that's not the path. Yeah, <laughs> but wait a minute. What the fuck, man? Yeah. I got to the correct destination. Shouldn't matter if, uh, you know, right. I carried the one or what, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, of course. So uh, take your own route. Yeah. Fuck the system. Fuck the man. And put the, Amen to all that. <laughs> put the Novocaine in the route. I remember <laughs> I remember just uh, like arriving at high school, like um, having done really well in school and not studied at all. Uh, and then algebra, I don't know, just like hit me like a... I don't know, it was probably like a confluence of events because I like I wasn't thrilled with with life as a freshman in high school and uh, I don't know algebra, it just algebra just made it worse. I found it's myself like, <laughs> found myself struggling with algebra. It's like I got to deal with the social world of high school exactly. and and I, algebra. I have to deal with the so- <laughs> social world of high school struggling with basketball and then uh, and then. Uh, Try to I don't know. It just made the algebra worse. Made the algebra harder to understand. Fuck and right, I, but do it. I had to struggle with all that stuff, right? Um, but then on top of it, all of a sudden, I have to study or or prepare for things, or you know, and that that was like I don't know. It was scary. Yeah, it was scary. Still don't know if I ever like really mastered study skills as they were like laid forth. 
I think my uh, sh- problem was that I was things were too easy early on for me. Yep. And so I, I'd be doing homework like in the hallway uh, before yeah. class. Yeah. I would steal the finals from the fucking teachers. And then the smart kids would come up yeah, to me nice. after they found out, oh, Trav's got the final. The smart kids would say, yeah, you think I could uh, get that? A couple mm. 40 bucks. Well, they're, they're charge smart, $25. Right? Yeah. Dollars. It's, it's and then they get the caught week, and they're like, the it was resistance. dirt. It was him. Yeah. He did it. <laughs> totally believable. It's messed up, though. You know what else I can't uh, do at all? Mm. At all, dude. Mm. Phone numbers. No. I don't know my wife's phone number. Yeah, that's tough. That's well, cra- like my wife and I've literally like sat yeah, down yeah, yeah. at a certain point. We're like, okay, we really should know this, especially right. like we live in New York City, and like God forbid anything ever happens. Right, sure. But like, I've been through it where you can't get in touch with anybody in all New York City. Mm-hmm. I know. You know. Like, what do you do? I know Tara's number by heart. Your number by heart. I know your number by heart because you haven't changed. Well, yeah. Probably the same <laughs> yeah. as you know mine because we yeah. haven't changed our phone numbers for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, Shady's number by heart. Don't know that. I know my mom's. Yeah, it's That's literally it. my mom's. Down. I know my I mom's and I yours. Your, so I, know your area, I know your area code, and that tips me off immediately. 848. Yeah, I, I do know, know there's a two in my way. It throws me off, that 848. Yeah. Like, I don't know I don't know if there's anybody else I know that has the 848. It was like an old T-Mobile uh, okay. number. Well, you got to do, like, the thing, like, I remember sp- uh, two Arno references in, okay. a, in consecutive That's episodes. Right. There's some kind of thing where you can enter a number and it gives you what it would spell. Mm. Now, on your phone, it's not gonna, it doesn't have the letters yeah, on the yeah, thing, yeah. but his was like, you know, yeah. his was like something like sexy fuck or something. Like that. <laughs> he came <laughs> up with something where it was yeah, like yeah. fuck dwarves or something. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. It was something totally awesome. ridiculous. But somebody would be like, what's your number? He'd be like, fuck dwarves, yeah, man. You know? yeah, yeah. God, ah, I wish I could remember genius. what the hell it was. Genius. See, like, it, was, it was too smart. We need to bring that back. We should bring back the. There should be like an app that converts. Well, yeah, I mean, every so often, like, sure like is. It, this isn't entirely pertinent, but it it just makes me think of it, right? It's like one eight hundred Comcast, yeah. And like you had to call that number, and I'd be like, I don't know. No, what yeah, the letters still, are. right? Yeah, that's antiquated. They're still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like A B C, but did A B C start on the two? Yeah. And I'm like doing this whole fucking thing. Yeah, and there's and I'm like, like a skip. To figure out one of them it doesn't is. have letters. Oh my god! Is there one even of them a Q? Four, or... One of them has four <laughs> letters. Letters you know, get skipped. Yeah, so I'm on. calling some like old lady in Illinois. I gotta find that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, are my, you looking my, it up right my, now? No, I, was just, I just wanted to see. Yeah, if my, they had my, the, uh, my letters. I'm calling some old lady in Illinois. I'm like, uh, my Wi-Fi's out. She's like, excuse me. What's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> What's the Wi-Fi? They wireless, still have the letters wireless the fidelity. By the way, on right? the oh, wireless on the fidelity. IPhone, is it? Yeah. Let me see. You go to dial. Oh yeah, it is. It's I don't know why I thought it wasn't on there. Um, all right, we have to figure out what it is. Start. Start spreading the word. Yep, yep. Trust you got to come up with, with whatever you're easy to remember. I'm hoping that Fuck Dwarves is available, but yeah. we'll see. One. One, eight, seven. On Wait, TV. One, eight hundred, ninety-seven, Jenny. On TV, one. it's always one, five, 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 right? The phone numbers? Yeah, five, 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 five. Yeah. So like five, 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 go nice. That's you your go. number. That would actually work. The jingles. You know what? Everyone should have their own jingle. 1-800-252-7777. Nationwide Warehouse. That's not <laughs> See, it's amazing how that's why they use them. It gets yeah, stuck in sure. your head. You should come up with the G code jingle. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the WFAN commercial. Right? Total, oh, by the way, that's a total scam. Total scam. Just to air it out. Not, I need for, to know. not for kids at all. I need to know. The you need to know. Why yeah. are you donating I, I a car? Know. No, because I hear the freaking commercial all the time. 
Well, I don't want to like, I don't want to upset anybody, but I think it's pretty fucked up. So whatever. So it's not actually cards for kids. What happens is they convince people to donate cards that are then sold, and that money goes supposedly goes towards an Orthodox Jewish um, foundation that no. supposedly sends kids on their pilgrimage to Israel. Okay. What? But that specific corporation or organization is so corrupt and constantly facing lawsuits and laundering money and like doing all this crazy stuff that there's no there's even there's no evidence that a penny from a car has even gone towards that thing but they have such a jingle and a marketing campaign that's gone on for years that uh it just gets kind of gets a pass. So it's like a televangelist type thing where you just send the money and they pay for the marketing and they get more money. I'm sure their representative will reach out to us once this goes viral. But to me, <laughs> I just did like a cursory research after somebody said something to me. And it's what they said to me seemed totally what the case was, which is that it is all a scam. They're literally using like cute kids. Mm-hmm. It's a religious thing. It's not like kids it makes it sound like these are like oh these kids could really use a car they'll take anything life is tough why don't you donate a car it's like giving shoes then you find out like no they're selling shoes and it's like you know to line the pockets of these executives of this religious group right you see it all the time you see it all the time with a lot of these charitable organizations and it's like a widely advertised obviously we all know the jingle you know WFAN it's been on WFAN for like 20 years for years and years and years every time I hear it I'm like ah Cause yeah. you know what it was? Cause I had a broken down car, yeah. so I looked into it. Cause I'm like, all right, yeah. if they'll come pick it up, I'm gonna donate the car. Yeah. And that's when I found out all that shit. And I was like, wow. yeah, fuck that. It's all a fucking scam. It's crazy. Not, nothing to believe in these days. <laughs> it's crazy. Same thing with uh, like a lot of clothing drop right. bins. Yeah, yeah. You'll see like they've started to put stickers on some of them. And they're like, this is owned by blah 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 mm. Inc. They take all a lot of the clothing from bins. And they're sold mm. in, not in like sal- like Salvation Army kind of stores, but stores that it doesn't go towards like a charitable cause. Right. It's just a business. They're right, like, sure. oh, you give us free st- free tattered stuff that we sell for a dollar. Right. I just made a dollar. Right. Wow. Even though it's not worth a lot, yeah, I just made a dollar. Of course, of course. You know? Yeah, it's crazy because, I, you know, my natural inclination is always to donate Right. I mean, I still will be forever, but you you got you do so like kind of sort of blindly hoping that it's going to of course someone in need to a good cause. You and know that it lives a life beyond just you because you know that there's people in the world who need clothes. And there's definitely like you know you can get to a point of skepticism oh, of fatigue course. where you're like, of course. Like I told you, I used to wear tons of Asics, yeah, and then yeah, I just yeah. happen across an article is like worst slave labor right. sneaker mm-hmm. production companies right. in the world it was yeah. like asics was like a hundred times worse than nike <laughs> yeah. just like How's geez that? i don't yeah. you know i wasn't really looking for this information and I, and but now that i know now that i can like you know you funded how much blood got into the, the you funded shoot. that blood money for all that time i'm like all right i'll buy nike then or Little whatever you know. on the laces like I, I can't know. even look up mizuno because now that i got like some mizuno i'm like yeah. i don't even want to know yeah. I, knew, I knew there were Mizunos as soon as I saw them. You didn't know. No, well, uh, he said it was the sign, I said it was a sign. Well, I have some old ones. I haven't bought them since. He I hasn't know. supported them since, but I knew it was Mizunos. I was going to get some Mizuno golf clubs, but no. 
I didn't even know. They I just remember that. I just remember like back in the day, like when I when I still played baseball as a kid. So you could tell how young I was at that point. But how dope I thought the Mizuno Dude, brand Mizuno was because they're out of, shit, they're man. out of Japan, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I think they're out of Japan, and I believe Pete Rose was sponsored by them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like I feel like he was like the first major league player who was wearing Mizuno, and uh, I don't know. I just always had like uh, dope associations with that brand. Still High end yeah, yeah. running kicks are tough because there's like. There's so much yuppie dripping yeah. off oh, of them. Oh my god! That I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I don't like to spend like two hundred dollars for a sneaker. I think it's like fun. It's a lot of money. I know it costs them like a dollar eighty to make, oh, and I'm just sure. like, how much of a fucking sneaker? Oh yeah, for sure. For and sure. I know I can get like a great running shoe that lasts a while for like yeah. seventy bucks. Well, like an interesting thing, like in terms of branding and whatnot, right? It's like I remember um, Brooks when I was a kid. Yeah. Right, uh, Dominique wore Brooks. Right, and, absolutely. Um, I don't know if they're still out there, if you can get a retro pair of Dominique Brooks, but they're a company that makes like $200 running shoes. And I was yeah. like, no oh, shit, yeah, yeah. that they're still around, one, and then two, that they're making like high-end running shoes, like custom to your foot and all that yeah. sort of thing. It's yeah. like a whole market. It, Dude, yeah, it's crazy. And like Mizuno dabbles in it a little bit, so I'm like, uh, right. I don't want to be, but it's like... You know, there's only so many options for that kind of thing. You, you know, know what the Dominique Brooks makes me think of? The Etonic. Scott Brooks? The no. Etonic. Oh, Ak- yeah. Akeem the Dreams. Too. Dude, speaking of. Oh, those and, are it was, awesome. and it was Akeem at the time. It yeah, was yeah, before, well, yeah, he brought before the, the H. H. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Akeem so, the Dream. Remind me to go somewhere with names, but just to finish off the uh, sneaker thing, yeah, I yeah. saw uh, Kevin Johnson, KJ Filaz. The wow, other day, interesting. And I was like, KJ was Fila, Grand Hill was Fila. Yeah, yeah. Fila. So I can wow. think of off the top of my head. But I remember like when they when they um they had like the the Larry Johnson didn't go to Fila. He was Converse he? at first. I don't know where he went after that, but the Grandmamas were cons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I was. That's actually what got me to the KJs. I was looking at those. Which is sort of which was sort of like the, the end of the Converse run in terms of basketball shoes yeah. like the chuck taylor is still like uh you know a huge shoe that people wear i'm not i'm not big on them not big on the chucks but no way. i agree with you when i was a kid my mom would never buy them for me because she said they weren't made for athletes that's true so it's just stuck in my head for the rest of my uh, life flappy that, they're flappy those aren't for athletes no. yeah they're always, like a say it's like a sock with a with a with i a, always soul. The heavy ass soul yeah can put them it. in like this probably isn't right but like in the skater category yeah in a way or just like they were like off they were not like you said like non-athlete yeah. sneakers yeah that's exactly what i think of them i remember when i was a like when walking I, shoes when i was in high school <laughs> well yeah but it was like but at one point that was the only no, athletic yeah, shoe I used to play totally, which is crazy of course yeah, yeah no i mean i understand but i know i agree you know, and just in my mind, I'm like, well, I wouldn't get that. No, why would I buy this? Sure. Yeah. What am I? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. I know, just think maybe like, in the day comes that I can only walk. I, I think it's just my mom like playing thing that in my head, like, no, those aren't for athletes. And and then like you know, in between lines, like you're an athlete, so you can't wear them. You wear the air raids. <laughs> Go outside. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's like I I think about you know I think the idea being though that like uh, an athlete needs more support mm-hmm. than that. I think that was just that was the only point Absolutely. she was trying to make. But um. Yeah, so like that seems like the that was like the the grandmama Larry Johnson shoe was like the end of still. Converse's run. Yeah. Um, but the weapons are to me the weapons are still like iconic I shoes. Fire. But we were saying about the the Akeem the Dreams, the weapons, Dominique's Brooks, 
the Jordan ones, those are all from the same era. And I think, I think the, the Jordan one, I think all those other shoes were the response to the Jordan one. Right. Like everybody oh, was yeah, scrambling. Yeah, no, that's like, why they got a how shoe do I put deal. A star, how do I put a star in a shoe Absolutely. and make the shoe their color? Yeah. You know what I mean? And make yeah. our brand, yeah. you know, get our brand to catch fire like Nike caught fire. Like Absolutely. I think they were all the and response to that. Yeah. Omnipresent. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy how that happens. Shoes. Yep. So, um, speaking of walking, this guy in my gym, we, we talking earlier about fuel in the fire. There's this guy in my gym who is on like the same schedule as me in the morning and is learning how to walk, relearning how to walk. What happened? Uh, I haven't talked to him. I usually I'm like headphones on, head down, training, and uh, but I just noticed that he's like there all the time. So I'm just paying attention to, like what he's doing, and everything, and he literally has like hired a personal trainer who's like just walking alongside him. Like he's literally got like a cane. Like a six foot cane pole that he holds on to because one leg is really, uh, he's got a lot of challenges there. And he's just basically his reps are like walking 15 feet. It's walking perspective, feet. right? You know, of course. Like, yeah, like uh, Tara was telling me about, uh, like, uh, you know, without getting into too, many, too much detail, but just uh, like a friend of hers had a son who was um, 15 years old with a brain tumor. And like, um, apparently like incredibly handsome kid and an athlete and all that stuff and it's like 15 you know i was just talking about right being in high school and you're like struggling with basketball and and yeah. so you know social life and all the like uh growing pains yeah. that come with that in school and all that and you, think, yeah. you think of a kid yeah who has to deal with that and it's like like it, when when you try to figure out like make make any sense of life it's like how does that you know how is it that, that kid has to go through something like that yeah. and this guy has to relearn how to walk and you're sitting there you know Worried that your arms aren't big enough, yeah, no, or you're not yeah, strong saying, enough, or no, whatever, so whatever our you know like our issues are, like that sort of thing, just gives you such a perspective. Yeah. I literally was like had like a I got this rotator cuff thing that always pops up, and it's just driving me nuts. And then I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, "What rotator? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah Feels fucking pretty good now yeah. that I think about and it. And that's all of us. I mean, we're all like at, from time to time, like you know feeling bad about yourself or hard, extra hard on yourself or whatever. And then all it takes is to see somebody who's actually going through it. And yeah. You're like, oh, okay. My problems aren't that bad. You know, they said there's like a, like I'm going to, I'm just going to paraphrase it cause I'm not going to nail exactly like what the saying is. Right. But I don't know if it's like, um, I know like an old self help thing or just like a psychology thing, or if it's like, just like an old school, like, um, uh, you know, like, parable or or uh teachable moment but like the idea that they say like if everybody if everybody in the room threw all their problems on the table yeah and you'd be very quick to grab yours back <laughs> you know That's like one, everybody's yeah. problems are thrown on the table and up for grabs <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'd immediately dive and grab yours you know because it's always like the perspective of looking at somebody That's else's so true, issues man. of somebody else's life what they're dealing with what their family's dealing with their loved ones or whatever and it's like yeah. you know it's like you always say like you think your family's crazy until you mean <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you meet somebody else, you meet your friends families or your girls family you're like oh you know what i had it pretty good yeah yeah you know or you could be a little kid born in like Syria or something, dude. Oh. It could be just oh right, it's ridiculous. Well, that's the thing, right? You, the the you like uh, talk about like winning the oh uh, my god, you know the the lotto. So right? grateful, man. It's things it's that ridiculous. you things you have zero control over, but just like the idea of like 
being born in America being or you know whatever being born in being born in a country where um, you know you have inalienable rights mm-hmm. and uh, freedoms and bombs aren't going off overhead constantly right and just the idea of like you know being born with all of your faculties and your arms and legs and stuff like the amazing blessings of every day that you just kind of take for granted right when you're thinking about what you want out of life and it's like man you already won (laughs) if you're listening (laughs) to this podcast then then it becomes about doing something oh of course and not taking it for granted not wasting it not wasting the privilege yeah for sure just be grateful man oh for sure grateful grateful for you What's Grat- up? Grateful gratitude. for you. Taking things, not taking things for granted. Right? How are you feeling? How's your training going? I feel grateful. My training, uh, I've been keeping up with it, um, you know, doing the same routine. I just want to get uh, my knee fixed so I could train legs to full potential because I'm dwindling down. But, yeah, I mean, just staying consistent with everything. Training with the weights with, with Sir Greg. Define Fixed. Get your fixed. knee fixed. What's what's going to be involved in that? So, Not the knife. I got an MRI, and uh, my meniscus is all jacked up. So I guess I got to go in there with a little scope and uh, just fix it up, clean it out. Because right now I can do a lying leg curl for about 200-plus pounds. But a leg extension with 10 pounds with one leg, it's not happening. That's not good. And it's just so bothersome in my head and i just it's just yeah it's it just bothers me to is that about. orthroscopic surgery is that what that's called mm-hmm. is it yeah. dr james andrews no <laughs> is it's it like right? involved i swear there's like a clone of him he's yeah, involved yeah. in like well, every major sport am i crazy but like was like <laughs> when we were kids wasn't he the mets physician probably yeah and he was like, de- no he was definitely now a he does doctor it for all i think yeah. he was the mets team yeah. doctor dr yeah. james andrews but like he does it for like the orthroscopic surgery on every major athlete whenever they have those knee it's amazing. injuries. Yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of weird, actually. Very, how, like, they might have cloned them. <laughs> he literally is involved in, like, every major athlete's pivotal decision. Yeah. Like, you know, he did my knee the other day. <laughs> That'd be dope. I, he's got to be, like, so... You get him to sign the... <laughs> sign the cast. <laughs> just sign the scar. Oh, he's yeah, got to yeah. be, like, so renowned that, like, he's probably got, like, a dozen understudies oh, that charge, sure. like, you know, like, that work out of his office. Yeah. That are, like, oh, got to be. There's going to be, like, a man. James Andrews Institute. It's like, your knee's not valuable enough to see Dr. Andrews. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I can't even imagine How many titles charges. has your knee won? Well, dude, don't some athletes go overseas to, like, doctors in Germany to get certain... Well, uh, yeah, they, they go to get procedures that are illegal here, like blood spinning. Kobe went to yeah. Germany, and that's, like, when they take your blood out, yeah, spin yeah. it, and then inject Produce it back in here. more red cells, yeah. right? And then so it's, they, like, they, recuperates more. Yeah. More oxygen, high, more highly oxygenated blood, which, like, is crazy, because that's, like, sort of one of the, uh, um, one of the forms of blood doping. And it's, like, to me, it's, like... If it's your own blood, I don't know. It's weird. Why is that illegal? Doesn't bother me as much. What you're adding like, stuff to the blood. That's different. But if yeah. you're just like, I don't know. Isn't it kind of weird that it's illegal to take your blood out and put it back in? Yep, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what the fuck? It's what just your blood. Is that <laughs> like, you take, able to if they take your blood and add, you know, Novocaine and rocket fuel to like, it, and then put yeah. it back in, what's that gonna blood? make me do? Like go on a crime spree? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, is is it illegal better? or illegal in sports? No, it's illegal. You can't get the oh, procedure wow. done in the United States. Wow. Kobe Bryant had it done. Right. He wasn't banned from the NBA. He just went to Germany to get it done. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like there's a lot of cutting edge um, 
That's it. Might not be approved yet. Right. That might be. There's what a lot it of is. cutting edge medicine that can only happen overseas. But then at the same time, same time, like a lot of the, uh, anytime anybody has to go under the knife, they tend to come here. Yeah. Well, because there's, if your doctor's going to do something, you probably want more regulation. Right. I guess it depends. Yeah, yeah. Like if there's a pill that's not approved yet, you're going to go there. Right. If there's a, you know, someone doing something complicated, you want them to have to adhere to certain. Right. Mm-hmm. Protocols. If you want to inject your arms with plastic surgery clay, you have to go to Mexico for that. So I'm now, thinking about it. <laughs> so I'm calf implants. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I hope I'm not like airing someone out, but That's this right. is like 15 years ago, maybe okay. you told me a so, story. So the, uh, the statute of limitations is running I out. would think at this point, things have changed. Okay. Did a guy not become pseudo-famous in, a, in the subculture for like injecting his dog oh, with yeah, roids yeah. and himself? I don't know about his dog. What? But you talk. Am I misremembering, or was there a guy who was like a famous juicer? Okay. And was juicing <laughs> so much. Famous, famous juicer. Oh no, he was like. <laughs> well, no, there was the guy famous because of his. There juicing. was the guy. There was the guy who like uh, really super nice guy too, but he like blew his arms up with like the oil. Mm. I remember some of that, but no, I I remember you telling me a story. I I mean, it's got to be. Well, I think there were guys we knew who would like inject their Rottweilers with juice. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like there's guys who like we probably ate sandwiches with who did that. They probably put it in (laughs) my sandwich for all I (laughs) Possibly. Right through the jeans. That roast beef was spicy that day. (laughs) Doing that to chickens, I'm doing to my dog. Like, what the? Yeah. Right, yeah. They need their dog to be more diesel. Yeah. Their dog doesn't adequately compensate, compensate for them. <laughs> well, your dog's supposed to reflect who you are, right? Uh, kind of. Well, obviously mine I mean, do. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? But if I you mean, were all I guess juiced that's up, you got to juice your dogs up. So I guess that's around. the point of a dog. I don't know if that's... Well, like usually they my... say that like, oh, you, the owner, the dog reflects the owner. I think it's. The, I think that fallacy is the reason why oftentimes uh, weak men will opt for scary dogs. Hmm. Right. And it's not necessarily that they're physically weak, but that they're inside, they're scared yeah. that they're weak. So that you need the pit Reinforcements. Bull or, the yeah. pit bull or whatever to be the reinforcement. But the other thing, but the, the other thing too is like, uh, you know, often these dogs are um, mistreated yes. or, or, get, or given drugs or whatever it is. Uh, and then people blame the dog you know, blame the breed, blame the dog. No, how do you blame the asshole yeah. who tr- mistreated that yeah. dog, you know, gave the dog drugs, you know, whatever. Um, tried to build, you know, uh, yeah, be- tried to raise the dog with the true. idea in mind of, of aggression. Well, that's the thing. Like, pit bulls are, like, the sweetest dogs there are, yep. actually. They're not violent dogs. Yep. They just look mean. Yep. And because of that, they get put into crazy situations and are abused. And then they become ferocious. Yep. But naturally, on their own, they're not. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's why like people, there's a lot of pit bulls like available to be adopted, because yep. no one, will, no one will go get them. They're like, I don't want the dangerous dog. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, meanwhile, that'll probably be like the safest dog you right, can get. Right. Sure. Yep. You know. For sure. It's like you're not born racist. Dogs, you're not born aggressive. That's it's true. It's like, it, yeah, I think that's a fact. <laughs> that dog cast. <sense. laughs> that's a fact, though. The 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 animal. The, it's not the dogs that there's something wrong with. It's their owners that are assholes. Yeah. You know. I, I, I give a lot of credit to those uh, families out there that adopt a dog who's been through, like, some crazy trauma. One of my buddies, he has this, uh, 
I want to say it's like a Rottweiler. It's no, it's like a uh, Greyhound something mix, like one of those aggressive mm-hmm. stereotype dogs. And this dog was found on like the sidewalk in a box in like a really <laughs> shitty area. And he found out all about it. And he's like, I'm adopting that thing. And then every time I go over there, the most playful dog, nicest right. thing in the world. And the thing is a horse. It's huge. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, greyhounds, uh, greyhounds aren't aggressive, but greyhounds are bred to race. Oh, They're yeah. bred yeah. to run. Often are very mistreated. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, are basically seen as investments, but not in the same way even like a horse is, where a horse is like treated ideally. There's got to be a special place in hell for anyone oh, who mistreats a dog. No doubt. But uh, Tara's mom uh, has adopted greyhounds over the years. And the, the one that I knew, her name was Gia, and she was the sweetest dog those dogs are so like you know they're like beautiful and they're like all like this long lean muscle um but they're like so gentle and i think they're very timid because of how they're treated it's fucked up fucked up fucked up and they're you know they're they're basically just uh run out there multiple times a day and bet on you know that's what that's what it is to go bet the horses you go bet on the greyhounds they are quick Oh, naturally, like one they're of the just fastest, naturally quick. One of the fastest land animals there are. Like, it was a situation where, like, Tara's mom would be like, if I get her, if she gets out the door or something. Peace. I, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like a, you know, high performance speed bike, you know? 24 gears. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, Greg is wearing a rugged ass macho, macho man, Randy Savage shirt. Legendary shirt. It's got the shades on it, the aviators. Heather purple. Heather purple. It's yeah. a nice this is look. fucked up that I don't know this, but has he passed away? Yes. This, yes, it's, yes. Isn't it fucked up? So many have passed away that I'm I like, know. is he on the list? I know. One of, yeah, one of the most iconic wrestlers ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But yeah, definitely one of my all-time yeah. favorites. Oh, me too. But yeah, so many so many like of, of the the wrestlers we grew up idolizing passed, oh, yeah. passed away already. It's It's insane insane or or a lot of guys like were went to the brink with substance abuse you know yeah yeah with the pain and everything yeah yeah. it's the but lifestyle guys too, the lifestyle back in the thing. day i feel like they were fucking celebrities compared to some of the wrestlers now yeah i mean i don't follow like i did i like i did when i was a kid the lonzo balls is that his name or is that the dad the, the, the dad, the dad appeared yeah Lamar. i saw that i, was he was I saw about i saw it. about 14 seconds of it and it was an embarrassment he didn't change the game no. Didn't make you want to drop five hundy no. on five some kicks. Five Hundersons <laughs> on, on what looked to be a pair of knockoff Kobe's. No, no, I'm good. Thank you. Fuck that. I'm good. That's just the starter package. You'll see. Mm. It'll move into the quadruple digits soon. A kid got picked by the Lakers, right? He did. All of his kids. Magic. All of his kids will play on UCLA and then the Lakers. That's correct. That's what 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 he's prophesied. He says that, which is weird to me, because it's like, are they all guards? Are they... I don't know. I would think so. Are they all corny? Yes. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't know anything about any of them. Better just say they're corny. It's know. more fun to just to presume that <laughs> like to presume that they're they're so I, not likable in a cursory glance. Yes, like, it's and like, there's so enjoy it. And there's you know there's that part of me that wishes they could root for that guy, the dad. Right. And because in certain ways he represents so many things I believe in, but I just think he's an asshole. He is. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, the assholeness undermines all of the things that I might like or admire about somebody 
Um, and he's got the whole pageant dad thing going on, which I'm not crazy about either. But there seem to be a bunch of like attributes of his that I think are admirable. But he just comes across as such an asshole that I I can't I can't like him. Okay. And it sucks that that like that shadow is cast over the kids too, who I would think were just kind of like a corny soft Pac-10 players anyway. But now it makes me not like them because yeah. they're dead. Yeah. Did you see the one meme where it, lo- it was a uh, Drake and Screech from Saved by the Bell <laughs> combined? They look exactly. Dude, it's identical. It's fucking hilarious. It literally I did, I did is. See that. Like it's pretty accurate. I started cracking up. I was like, "Oh my god, is this spot it spot on?" It is exactly yeah. what the kid looks like. So, I'm sure he'll take off because those he'll are two, be those are two heartthrobs. He'll be omnipresent. You won't be able to avoid. One him. of my buddies who's a diehard Lakers fan, just whatever Lakers, Lakers. He already got the ball jersey. I'm like, you there are, I'm like, like dude, come course. on. He's, you know what's good, though? He's the perfect guy for Lakers fans. Exactly. See? And I'm like, right, dude, why'd you have to and get I'm the jersey? Talk, I know you're going to be yeah. like old school, yeah. magic worthy, yeah. Kareem, yeah. Coop, Lakers. Yeah. But he'll say, because the Lakers. Pat Riley, that ain't, Paul Westhead Lakers. That ain't the Lakers fans. I know, it's not. That's you're not right. who it is. I know. You know. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. I, I, But that breaks one of my rules beyond all the, what, what's, what's the rule that that breaks? That you can't wear a jersey of a athlete who is younger than you. That is correct. Ding. That's the rule. That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. I agree. Cutest sound effect. That's a good man rule, I'd say. But yeah, he's one of those kids that's like, diehard Lakers fan. I'm like, why are you getting a ball jersey? He's like, because of Lakers, man, Lakers. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just less and less of like a team fan anymore. The whole thing, the whole concept, it just seems, it feels antithetical at this point. And don't get me wrong, you know, love the Mets and the Raiders. and. But Greg, that, but the teams care about you. They don't care at all. So much about you. They we need your money. Here's a fact for <laughs> you. You need my money, but I, it's just like everybody wants to be on a tribe or a, a team yeah. talking about we, we this and we that. Ain't got nothing to do with you, fam. Nothing. We play great life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. I uh, So no matter where you live in America, you paid, you contributed to build the Yan- Yankee Stadium. Wow. Is this, a, is this a fact? This is a fact. It was paid for by the sale of federal bonds. So everyone in America put like a tenth of a penny into a bank account, and that's what federal bonds, they're created by federal taxes, create these bonds. So everyone contributed. So if you live in Miami, uh, Montana, you paid like three pennies to build no. Yankee Stadium. Wow. Yeah. Fact. And they, oh, that's a fact, yeah. And they get tax breaks, and they get blah, 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 and they get blah, 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 but blah. But you have no ownership, Dirt Malone, of the nope. Yankees. Jobs. Yeah. Great jobs. Creating jobs. Not even like Green Bay, right, where the, the people of Green Bay own you the can, Packers. You can buy stock in the Packers. It's a publicly owned company. The people of Green Bay, Wisconsin, own the Packers. The people of Chobani. That's a cool story. I like that story. I don't know we're too We're going to come back. Excuse me. We're going to take a little break and yeah, uh, message come back and talk about Greek yogurt. Here it comes. And don't forget, one eight seven seven cars for kids Donate your cars today. Or maybe not. What up? This is Sko. Just wanted to let you guys know that G-Code will be in the building for the Baltimore Grand Prix and Fitness Expo Saturday, July 15th at the Baltimore Convention Center. Head to BaltimoreFitnessExpo.com, all one word. Get yourself some tickets. 
swing by and hit us up. We'll be at the booth. You'll see a wild assortment of grotesque hooligans and orange knuckleheads. And if you come by, you will get some G-Code swag. You can get dipped. We got some bundles, baskets, funnels, measuring cups of madness, t-shirts with blood stains, flannels with actual bullet holes, and free chin checks if you tell G that he looks skinny. So get yourself some free samples of ice. We're going to mix them on the spot with a cup of Dirt Malone's Tears. On your way out, start an altercation with security and you might possibly earn our respect. That's the main news. Of course, hit up gcodenutrition.com. Get yourself some vice. I really, really don't know what you're doing with your life if you haven't bought some yet. It's kind of ridiculous. Get with the program. And of course, head to the media section. Harvest some philosophical nutrients courtesy of G's Mighty Pen. The body is nothing without the mind. You know the deal. Stop slacking. And now back to the squad kid. We are live. Uh, back. I don't know if you guys at home have recovered from that Giovanni cliffhanger. Oh, my God. Will they ever? <laughs> Maybe we should just wait till the very end. I think we should. Let's just build gonna, it up more than more. We're going to wait till that. We're going to close out the, the squad. Well, Swirl the spoon a little bit Chobani more. Chobani gate. We'll give, it, yeah, we'll give it another cliffhanger. No. Wait. All right. So the Chobani story, just to get it out of the way real quick. Uh, no, I, I thought it was a dope, like, um special interest story and it makes you like want to support their brand even though i'm a diehard dan and triple zero greek yogurt you got that sponsorship i'm waiting on that sponsorship any day now any day now fellas balls in your court dan um but uh yeah so chobani the dude uh was a refugee from some country in the middle east like 30 years ago uh came to the states you know like classic immigrant tale um built himself from the ground up and started that company and uh, now it's like a multi, multi-million dollar company. And I think th- when they had their IPO um, and the company was like, uh, you know, estimated at X billion dollars worth of worth, yeah. he gave 10% of the company to like the 150 people who worked there. Oh, yeah. I've seen a couple things like yeah. that. It's pretty fucking that awesome. That was dope, man. Yeah, I was man. like, wow. I think it's a great business model. Oh, it's an incredible business model because what's more important to somebody than something that they're personally invested in? Yeah. You know what I mean? We talk about taking your job and the stakes of your job to a higher level when it's like you feel like um, you have ownership over that thing in some way, shape, or form. And also like not having any doubt that like your employer's a piece of shit or oh, like yeah. that you're just a number on a spreadsheet oh, of course. for them. Of course. You know what I mean? Of course. And it's like you're giving back too, right, in a situation where it's like, you know, he basically said, like, you know, I have benefited from the American dream in, 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 you know, in a way that, you know, most people could only dream of. So, like, he felt a duty because to, of them to give back because of the because, because of, of the because of those wor- those workers have helped put him in a situation to benefit from the American dream in a way that few could ever dream. And as such, he felt it was his responsibility, his duty. It was the right thing to do to give back to them. Tommy, awesome. liberal. Oh, you've just painted me. You've just painted me Kami. with a. I'm I'm carrying the red letter on my chest right now, marked. The hammer and the sickle is such a dope looking thing. It is a dope looking thing. You saw well, you saw like uh like uh Brandon Lilly based his uh like training program in some ways like off of like some Russian principles early. So he had that really dope shirt that said because it's like the cube yeah, training cube. method and the U was yeah. a hammer and sickle. Yeah. I thought that was such a that was such yeah, a dope it's shirt. like 
I'm sure there's people where like it just instills fear. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure, of you course. Know, I was in like Eastern Europe. I'd be like, you know, it's yeah, no yeah, different yeah, than yeah. a uh, swastika yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah, I Not apologize so to them. Not so good to our Lithuanian to our Lithuanian audience. We yeah, no, to me it's like a uh, you know. It's like the the Yankee logo to America's yeah, yeah. Red Sox, yeah, if you, whatever you will, you know what I mean. Like it just, it's like it's it's Drago, it's yeah. Cold War, it's you know. Well, I remember just being like old a little, school, it's, yeah, it, very much so, very old school, and it conveys like this sort of uh, cold strength. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's funny because I I um I remember uh, being a kid and uh, coming across like a set of my grandfather's encyclopedias. And, um, I guess at the time just being, it was like, a like mid cold war and kind of also, you know, so like being a little bit interested in what was going on in the world and in history and that sort of stuff, but then also just like interested in art and interested in colors and stuff. I thought the flags of the world was such like an interesting and unique thing. And it was yeah. like a whole section of the, the different flags of the world in color in this encyclopedia. And, uh. Yeah, I always thought like some of those flags, the, the you know the Russian, the USSR flag was like this incredibly like powerful, cool you know uh, flag in terms of just imagery and and the vibe it gives off. Even though, like you said, it means horrible things to a lot of people. It always, especially in terms of lifting, always makes me think of what's his face, the Russian bear. Well, no, not the Russian bear, the uh, Russian bodybuilder. Who would train under? Oh right, right, Alexander Fedorov. Alexander Fedorov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his father, yeah, was a bodybuilder and weightlifter. When it was illegal. It was illegal in Russia. Because like, in Russia, like you are what they tell you to be. Yeah. Wait, it was illegal. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was fake news. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was illegal. So like you are what they tell you to be. Like you, if you, you can't just like practice gymnastics. Like yeah. Sienna couldn't go. You know, no. You can't. You can't do gymnastics if you're inter- interested yeah. in gymnastics. Your interests are irrelevant. Potato they're, they're farm. Like, your parents you're, are flexible. You're going to be a gymnast. Start practicing now. Your <laughs> interests are irrelevant. All that matters is the good of the nation. Right. So, uh, jeez. His dad had to build a covert gym underneath a graveyard. Yeah. His, he was a sounds, sounds like a Russian what, thing to do. Yeah, it's like the most Russian fucking story yeah. of all time. Well, his dad was a. Um, was uh, like a grave. Yeah. Well, what's right. it called? What's it called? Somebody who takes care of the. Not a mortician. Not a the grave. Guy Undertaker. Care of a, the guy who takes care of, like a, that. of a graveyard. That guy. A cremiorator. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. The, whatever that guy is, the guy who takes care Get of a graveyard. Hell. Look um, it up. That's what his dad did. Producer and, Dirt. Is and his dad uh, in communist Russia had to uh, had to secretly, covertly lift weights because that's because he had a passion for bodybuilding, so he built the gym. Like in the back room uh, or basement uh, at the at the. Uh, it's not a caretaker. Graveyard. I guess a caretaker. Yeah. Is there in anything the more Russian than that story? No, like a Russian bodybuilder illegally lifting weights yeah. under a graveyard? Yeah. Like, in, I'm just gonna assume it's in Siberia because yeah, that's more fun. It sounds like Siberia. It's in, that's yeah. yeah it's yeah, they move some like cha- it's an incredi- they're like chained wolves. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazingly hardcore story. But you know, like it, that just speaks though to. Uh, also, um, like to a man's will, right? Oh yeah. It's like here's this thing that this guy wants to do, feel strongly about, is passionate about, so he's going to make it happen, right? Uh, no matter what it takes. And that's the thing, like you know, with like these oppressive regimes and stuff. Like, I think oftentimes, um, you know, these dictators, uh, they take for granted or underestimate the will of 
people. Mm-hmm. You yep. know what I mean? The will of people and like how eventually like passion will find its way. You know, I think positive, like various positive energies find their way. Love finds its way. Like, uh, you know, freedom. And when I say that, I I don't, I'm not talking about freedom fries, you know, freedom, the idea of like a person, uh, having the ability to determine their destiny. Uh, I think that is such a strong impulse that eventually it finds its way. Yeah. Even often against resistance, often against oppression. That's like the story of the species, really. Yeah. Just surrounded by threats, right. continuing on. Right, of course. Viruses, uh, you know, uh, atmospheric conditions, animals that want to eat you. There's this, uh, speaking of like Siberia, <laughs> <laughs> Siberian-like conditions, there's a seed bank that they created, right? Like five or six years ago, where they took like every seed around the world, a seed okay. yeah, yeah. of each type, and put it into this mountainside ice mountain. Right. Put it into the mountain, and we're like, okay, this is where we're putting it. We're going to keep them here. This is for, like, if the world ends. Wow. There's a seed bank, right? Right. It's already had to, they already had to mm, open it to in, get seeds out that no longer existed <laughs> elsewhere. There were seeds in Syria. Wow. That when Syria collapsed, they're like, we have, we don't have this plant anymore. Wow. The only living or the only fucking seed of it anywhere is in the thing. And then, like, recent, this, so that was like two years ago. And then recently, it flooded wow. because of global warming. Wow. They didn't count on the environment changing so much so quickly. That all of the ice around it melted wow. and so, like flooded the compartment. So like, it's against the compartment. God's will. Move the bank. It's against God's will. They had will. to like rethink the whole thing. Like wow. that's only it's only like six years old. They've already had like wow. two incidents. That's crazy. That's Fucking crazy. You probably didn't I mean, it's, good enough. it's awesome to know that there's somebody out there even thinking along the lines of like creating a seed bank. God, God fucking knows. Yeah. We're inching, you know, like the doomsday clock is yeah. like at a, you know what I the doomsday thinking, clock is? Yeah, it's an, uh, it's it's an internet thing. Countdown to the internet. end of the world, right? Yeah, you know, there's like these scientists who for 50 years have, have this clock, and they're like, when the clock strikes midnight, we're at doomsday. The world's over, right? When is this? It's, I got to prepare. No, it's, it's, it's not like a clock that moves... Um, it's not like we're going to definitely get there someday. We yeah. might never get there. But based on the conditions in the world right now, they, they assess what's going on in the world, and they say, we're five minutes from doomsday. We're 10 minutes from doomsday. We're 20. We're 10. We're 12. Oh, so shit. they move it back and forth, and they just let you know like how really fucked up things are right now. Because people always think like the world's ending, but they have like a 50-year history now. Like, okay, Cuban Missile Crisis, two minutes from doomsday, right? 1995. Now we're 20 minutes from doing right. you know? And right now it's like it's getting pretty close because right. of North Korea. And- right. So it's like the it's the activities of, of various nations around the world and the activities of people around the world, right? And then all... Yeah. So like... Uh, often, the threat often, of nuclear war right, is like one of their biggest Oftentimes variables. it relates to war and then also it's the environmental factors. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question. If you're listening to this right now, you have the money. Do you build a doomsday bunker? Yeah. Is that something you think about? Well, you about? know, like like all the Silicon Valley bigwigs have already done it. It's like, yeah. huge. Like yeah. Bill Gates has a $6 million house under his house. Come yeah. on. Yep. Yeah. No, it's where like... Live, where apparently... I mean, where you, you get could, to that amount of money, appara- I have fucking right. one in every continent. He's got a $6 million house. <laughs> That's when you know this shit is real. Under <laughs> his happening. house. 
He's got a six million dollar house under his house, and apparently, uh, like it's stocked enough for like forty years. I would have so much water. <laughs> I'm telling you, right now, like you see, like they, like you can. I've seen it unfolding across my life, right? Like our lives. Twenty years ago, they're like, oh, someday, someday you're gonna have to buy water, right? Now there's like entire cities where the water's no good. Mm. You know what I mean? So what's 20 years from now going to be? Like, if I had fucking Bill Gates money, I'd have a thing of fucking water. I'd be like, how much How much well, water that, do I need for a lifetime? Right. How much water does a hun- do 100 people need for 100 years? Like, right. I'm going to fucking have that on every continent. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, the, the idea that water would one day be, like, uh, a precious metal. It'd be worth, like, gold. Yeah. It's I like, can't even it, imagine. It's like the cans of air and space balls. That's, that's always <laughs> what I think. So that Russian guy How that telling. built that training facility under the graveyard, yeah, he's yeah. also using that this underground bunker as well. Hey man, that's probably why. That's another reason why they probably fucking have them. You know, if you walk around New York, like especially in the boroughs in New York City, where all like the old pre-war buildings, everything like my building, it's like you see nuclear like nuclear attack bunkers are built in. You know, granted, it's like the basement, but it was built and has signage up specifically for, like, in the event of bombs, this is where you go. You well, back to teach kids in class. Right, to get under the desk. Yeah. Right, and that's Imagine what being in class, like, okay, kids, <laughs> it's time for our weekly prepare to be nuked. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but then it was like, but then it was like, all right, so the, the you know, um, an atomic bomb is being dropped, so get under your desk, like, as if that's going right. to do you any fucking good. Yeah. Being under being under your desk. I think Lewis Black, the comedian, was talking about it. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hide under the desk because there's a giant fire fuck ball in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hide under some wood." But yeah, it's, it's a great idea. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but it was just more so to make you know it probably made people afraid. But it was it's like the thing from Fight Club. It's like the uh, the escape thing on the plane. Right. Like what to do in the event that like. You know, there's a hole inside of the plane. It's yeah, like, yeah. here's pretty much what you do in the event that there's a hole inside your plane. Yeah. You get sucked out of the airplane. Yeah, yeah. That's There's no, like, you know, proceed to the exit in an orderly fashion. Yeah, That's it, man. fucking terrifying. Terrifying. But it's like... um You know, the, it, that's a whole industry now, though, like the creating of bunkers and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like, a, there's like, aren't there reality TV shows about yeah. Oh, yeah. Doomsday or that? something? Yeah. Doomsday survivors, yeah. Dooms, oh, do, doomsday preppers. Mm-hmm. You strike me as the kind of you, you strike me. You got a little prepper in you. I'm He's got prepper. a little prepper in him, but I. But it, <laughs> but it will fail. So well, no, 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 I feel no, like no. you gotta have like fail. like you lean your dirt bike up against like mm-hmm. the entrance to your bunker. Like, Kiwi Herman style, something, something's going on. I won't talk about it. Be it's about interesting. It. It's interesting. There was a kid that I went to school with who's now a. Uh, corner for the eagles and he accumulated a bunch of money through playing and he's got a bunker and he is so 100 percent convinced that it's going to end soon the like world? he's like yeah or he's society like, in general society the world everything this cataclysmic fucking whatever it is it's going to happen and he's got shitload of money invested in this bunker that he's still building i would have to like and he flaunts it well, it's crazy. I'll tell you why that's flawed. Because if I'm creating a bunker, mm-hmm. right, for the people I love, okay. right, I'm going to outfit it properly. You're not going to hear me say a fucking word about that. <laughs> yeah, so when the shit goes right. down, 
<laughs> and you can't find me. Yeah. Bad guys, guess where I'm at, right? You don't know. But I know where, you know where this fucking dude's fucking... Well, no, that's the thing. No, I don't know where it is. That happens in like a lot of like books or movies and stuff like The Road, which is fucking a crazy fucking book. Um, it's like a dude like, you know, discovers, knows that there's like a bunker. I actually got like a buddy who's got like a ton of fucking gear, ton of fucking like shit like that, right? right? And it, we live in like, you know, an urban area and he's got like a, a, a six month old and like a two month old and his wife... Or a two-year-old, and he's like, uh, conv- you know, he's like, well, we have a blackout. And like, like seriously, like, what am I going to do? Right? Now, I think it's a little, it's a little extreme. Right. But he's, like, got a whole, like, fucking closet full of shit and everything. I'm like, well, I know where I'm coming. <laughs> if shit, it's a fan. Yeah. I know where I have to get yeah. to. It's your closet. Yeah. And he's like an Irish kid. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's, like, he's an armed Irishman. Sure, sure. He's like. Good luck, mate. <laughs> yeah. You see the scope? Yeah. You see the laser on your head? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, I mean, you know, they say, right, it would just be a blackout or, or like, collapse of the, uh, the uh, like, the banking system. Right? Oh, yeah. That's all That's all it might take, right? There's uh, The power grid in the States, which is, like, constantly under assault and is, like, uh, 50 years antiquated. So, along those lines, just, again, the current events that nobody knows is going on or cares is going on. But I'm like, you're the I'm, leading I'm, source of news for several people I know on Facebook, by the way, including me. I try to keep it uh, people prepared. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it would be called fake news by it's like barely it's reported, but it's not like on the news, but it should be because of the potential for it to be like a really big fucking macro event. Like mm-hmm. if we prepared for nukes hitting this in schools back in the day, like this is the scenario in which we should be preparing. Okay. Let's hear it. So Ukraine, which is Putin's invading and fucking with and all this stuff, right? So this week, like, all a lot of, like, their counterintelligence leaders are just being killed. Car bombs, shot in public, just fucking going on. That's how he gets them. And their entire infrastructure is being hacked. Mm-hmm. In, per- in perpetuity. The power grid's going down, their banking system's down, their hospitals have to close, fucking everything, right? And most, like, counterintelligence people in America... Just say, this is Russia practicing. And Ukraine for the last year has just been getting hit with these massive cyber attacks one after the other. And they're like, this is Russia literally using a, a mini country that's near them as a guinea pig for what they could do around the world. And as I, I think I sent you the thing where like, so there's like Russian diplomats in America, right? Mm-hmm. You know, countries, we, every country has diplomats. We let people it. in from every country around the world. Every country around the world, we That's have an embassy. Have they embassy. let our, sure. they have diplomatic community, right? But they're supposed to, like, be monitored, check in, like, make it our country, like, aware, hey, I'm going to be in Los Angeles, and yada, yada, yada. And right. Be good, be good citizens or nationals of the nation that they're from in our country. And not for nothing, but, like, our spooks, like, our spies, like, they follow these guys around, yeah. right? Well, for like the last two years, Russian diplomats have gone missing and turned up in totally random spots that they have no right being in. In the middle of Kansas, driving in a circle. On the beach, in the middle of a desert where there's nothing around, right? This, is, this isn't like... They're building some, bunkers, you think? This isn't like a conspiracy thing. It's on like Newsweek, politi- like major like news organizations have reported on this, right? And 
the own like the leading theory amongst our counterintelligence guys are that they're mapping out everywhere that they've been caught. Mm -hmm. There are fiber optic high speed internet cables under the ground. They believe that they're mapping out the American infrastructure of everything, power, internet. And it's like, well, why would you do that? What is the, you know, what's the positive reason right. to want to know all that? You know, what do you do with that information? Right. Does It's got to lead to something, right? Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, but, but you know, the the argument was always that the, um, the, that, you know, people think of World War Three in World War Two terms, right? So they think of, like, terrorism, mm -hmm. and they think of terrorism as, like, the way people think of a country with an army, with guys in uniform that are all in one place, yeah. and then you go there and you fight the, them. Yeah, they're it's all, not, like, holding a fly. They're right, like, I'm, yeah. on the, I'm on the bad guy <laughs> That's team. That's not how it works. Cyber attack. That's not how it works, right? There, It's, a, it's a, not a war like that. It's a war of intelligence, mm -hmm. right? There's and no it's more borders no, and teams. Right. It's like and it's about spies anonymous. and it's about networks, right? And then beyond that, the the idea is that it would be necessarily be bombs from the sky, like it was in World War II, where it's more like it's gone into the ether, but it's more about the internet. It's more about power grids. It's more about the control of information. Like that's where that, that yeah, it's like, that's the next war. I've read something there like. How do you spend, like, we're spending, like, a trillion dollars on, like, a new Navy destroyer for all those, you know, battles at sea that armadas are still fighting. Like, yeah. they're like, so no, there's, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> there's not guys with bayonets still trying to hold the line, I'm guessing. No, I mean, I mean, they're well, definitely here's the thing. I'm, I'm just messing. No, 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 but, no, no. No, no, but see. a good question. Yeah, and don't, and don't, like, uh, don't get it twisted. Unfortunately, the way this stuff goes is that at the end of the day, uh, it'll be the children of poor and working class folks who will have to go to some godforsaken land where they don't yeah. speak speak the language to sacrifice their lives for us to continue to be able to sit here and say snarky things mm -hmm. on the internet. So I get it. Like that always ends up being the fucking end game and it's a sin. But what I'm saying is that I, I think that people's understanding of like what the next what the future of warfare between nations looks like is a lot different than what it did for our parents and it's completely I believe changed. it. Yeah. Unless if you guys didn't bring it up today, it wouldn't even cross my mind yeah. to that extent. Yeah. It's, it doesn't even make the, uh, like a news broadcast. You know what I mean? Like you don't see anything f like 30 years ago. If all of the like leaders in Ukraine were being, killed and they couldn't uh have any banking or medicine or power or anything that stuff. like that would be like the lead story on the news like for a week straight yep. it doesn't there's so much going on and so much noise in the world and we're so immersed in shit i totally understand right. it's not like i'm sitting here like what the fuck's wrong with people yeah. it's just kind of scary to me because it's like that technology exists to do that right now mm -hmm. and there's really nothing nothing being done to stop it, investigating, figuring out a way to even stop it, let alone implementing like that plan. Like there is no, there are no countermeasures. There are, we have no like cyber defense. We have like cyber offense, mm -hmm. but we have no preparedness. We're not prepared for it at all. Like uh, just yesterday, a hack happened where like, you know, or two months ago, every two months hospital, ago it happened, and then something new, yeah. something new happened just yeah. recently. Every hospital in England had to turn everyone away, 
and they could not get into any of their computers or do any of this shit. I believe it. And everything's run by a computer now. You know what I mean? Like you can't even you can't even have a regular mechanic fix your car mm -hmm. because he has to know. Oh, I got the chip. I got to scan this and do like you know what I mean? Like they're not removing one part and putting another thing in. Like it's you have to go to the the dealer almost. Yeah. To get a, a specific computer expert to know their software. You want to hear something interesting? Here's a story that happened to me uh, last month. So my fiance and I we went to uh, her friend's house, and she lives in Virginia, right by. Uh, you know, the White House in that area, Washington, D.C. Right. And uh, I was talking to her friend's husband, who was like a cyber hacker type security guy. Yeah. And so I was like, I know nothing about this shit. Give me a little in. And he's like, well, we go to these different uh, companies, hospitals, all these different spots, and we test their security systems. So they run trials where he was going after this doctor who left all of his passwords on his desktop, had like a little notepad open on there, had all of his passwords, was writing himself prescriptions, mailing them to himself, and then he would go in after a month and be like, so here's what I figured out. Dr. So-and-so, here, I wrote all these prescriptions from all these passwords that you left open on your desktop. Here's what you got to fix. Here's what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Where's my money? So he's like, we can fix this. We can get through the loopholes. We can tell you this and that, but it's it's scary. Yeah. It is like w technology has expanded at such this quick rate. But what it made is like, like think about this: how much cash do you have access to? Mm, yeah, not much. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you go home tonight, and like the banks are down for three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. No credit or debit for three weeks. Screwed. What the fuck happens? Yeah, yeah. Well, Greg will be all right. He's he holds some cash. He's I have card only. The... Yeah, no, yeah, but it's like, but he, what he's talking about is like enough money to sustain. Yeah, you. like yeah, I, yeah. yeah, like I, I try to like always have like a little bit of cash, like you know, but but what it really ends up being is like forty. Banks yeah, don't yeah, even carry bucks, cash. But I'm saying, nah, like, yeah, I was just messing. No, no, but I'm saying, but that's good. It's like I always think like right, it's good to have a little bit of cash on you in case you need mm -hmm. it. So like I always try to have like a little bit. Yeah. But 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 what he's talking about is like. You know the idea that you should have a shoebox somewhere. Get, like, yeah, do you have three? Can do you have enough cash to get like three weeks, three weeks worth of groceries? I need that red man shoebox. Let alone gas. Let alone you know what I mean. I, let alone what would happen just at the bank. Like banks don't even carry cash mm -hmm. because everyone, no one's going in there to take out cash anymore, compared to how much they used to have to carry. You know, it's now they're scary. like, come back tomorrow. We'll put in an order and have ten grand delivered. Yeah. You know. When you're buying um, your crazy black market bunker shit. What do I search if I want to look up that whole Russian thing where the guy's doing donuts in Kansas and the beaches and... Literally look up Russian diplomat Kansas. Really? Yeah. It's scary. It's I'll send you the link. It's really scary. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it's really happening, man. And, uh... Like, I, was, I think I told you this, Greg. Like, your identity... Like, a... If you wanted someone to steal someone else's identity on like the black market, mm -hmm. it costs less than one dollar to get an identity. Really? You get social security, a photo, fingerprint, everything, aspect of your life, your birthday, every security question, everything that you've ever a answered or done online is like in one file and that's like less than a dollar on the market. That's that, how many of those have been hacked and compromised and stolen and passed around. Is that in the dark internet or the deep internet that would be on the dark web yes the dark web. change your passwords change all of your passwords that's what they say you should change your passwords regularly yeah you almost have to they say 
No, they I say mean, this. Like, a password is like a toothbrush. I'm not even good at it, but like, the, like if you talk to like an actual like security expert and you're like, I'm not like running the cartel. Yeah. I'm not, you know, right. doing anything. Even I'm paying my taxes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not even breaking any law or whatever. What should like the average person do? To protect themselves they'd be like okay you need to encrypt all of your communications you need to put black electrical tape over your webcam because it's being turned on and recorded mm -hmm. you need to like all of these things that's just for like the regular average person yeah. to the extent where i'm like i meant like i'm aware of this yeah. problem it's too much work yeah i'm not encrypting right. my text sure, messages sure. to you right. despite we have fucking serious yeah, yeah. serious plotting going on <laughs> in the world better watch yeah yeah dude what yeah. bugs me is Saving people world. don't think about that either like there's some people my older brother for example would be like shit ain't good. that's that's well, not of course. like dude, people how do you not like, even just like think about it a little well, bit I, people you know? are like can't go to sleep and like because they're like oh my god the fantasy draft is tomorrow night who do mm. i need in the fifth round is it a right. wide receiver or a fucking running well it's know. dak prescott but whatever <laughs> but, but that's it. all right but that's the thing, right? It's right. So it's like, and a lot of people put a ton of faith in, into, into the institutions. Yeah. So like, you know, a lot of people just take things for face value. And you know, like, and, and you see it like, uh, I do want to talk about training and I also want to talk about we're gonna, we're going. fuel uh, for the fire. But anyway, um, the one thing that I, uh, I've i definitely noticed is that um, there's like definitely a, um, like a, a psychological um, bias that makes people... Um, open to authoritarianism. I see yeah. it all the time. Where like I think there's a lot of people that like you encounter every day who mm -hmm. be super cool with like, probably obviously not the horrible oppression, but just the idea of like uh, how things are run in like in North Korea, where like oh I can just get my news from the government because yeah. because they love me and they have my best interests. Okay, so I'll just get my news yeah. from them and they'll tell yeah. me what's going on in the world. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who I think are just wired that way. They just want to follow somebody, believe somebody and that and that will be their reality. And they think that from that springs good things. So yeah. like I think like the way a lot of people look at it is like they're they're just they don't want to be weighed down with having to determine what's true what's false what's real it's, what's fake it's too much work it's almost sure. it's unrealistic to expect someone to like get through the challenge of of life and cover all of these fucking yeah. things yeah. and that's why it's weird to me that we don't have like a rather than expect every single person to be so engaged they pay attention to every little fucking thing and they check off these 500 fucking boxes at the end of the day aren't even going to protect themselves right. On that individual level, like we should be, ha we should have like a macro thing right. that's like a way to protect, you know, like back up the entire banking system somehow, yeah, yeah. or a kill switch or something right, right. that's the equivalent of like the red button for nukes. Right. We need that for like our infrastructure, you mm -hmm. know. That's the thing, right? It's like a, a firewall that could go up somehow. It, it's you a know? fine line, right? It's a pi it's a fine line between like being like like a a paranoid fuck who can't function in yeah. society. Right. And then apathetic in a way that makes vulnerable everything you hold dear. Seriously. I swear That's like no a, joke. Yeah. Apathy is a, such a dangerous thing where you just, eh. I feel like if I talk eh. about it, I'm definitely the paranoid guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. But otherwise, like there's no in the middle. It's like, yeah, yeah. Ever, either I'm like the paranoid guy talking about it or I just don't give a shit no yeah, one gives yeah. a shit we never give a shit about fantasy football <laughs> there you go yeah. so speaking about things that actually matter 
fuel for the oh, fire. Oh, fuel for the fire. All right, I got two things. One, uh, saw an incredible documentary uh, oh, nice. this past week. I watched a full program again. Wow. Note what? that. What? Was this a, so this is a full length? <gasps> what? On Netflix. Uh, about Stretch Armstrong and Bobito Garcia. Oh, nice. Um, radio that changed the world, I believe is what the Underground hip-hop radio duo. Yep. Out of New York in the 90s um, where they had a, a radio show on WKCR, which was like 89.9 out of Columbia uh, University, um, which is an Ivy League school. Crazy to think, right? But they had this uh, this radio show in the 90s that was playing all um, what at the time was underground and unsigned hip-hop, right? Um, and then, you know, some of the more mainstream stuff, but but a lot of the uh, undiscovered artists, as yet undiscovered artists, uh, would be on their show. Um, and an example was a 16-year-old Biggie Smalls lost a rap battle to another dude called Brooklyn Zoo. Nice. Uh, and... Uh, and then came back on the show, like, pissed off about it to freestyle. Um, but Big L and Jay-Z were on the show when they were both uh, unsigned. Jay-Z's talking about this um, Rockefeller Records that he's getting off the ground. And then eventually his music's going to be available everywhere. Uh, Nas is on there before Illmatic. Uh, the combined record sales of people who premiered on their show. Unsigned artists who premiered, who debuted on their show, is 300 million records. Huh. 300 million records were sold by guys who were unsigned artists when they appeared on their show. Imagine if they just had a label. Yeah. And everyone that walked in, they're like, just sign we're here. just going to air on the side sign of caution. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 300 million records. 300 million? That's about that much. That is that much. That's yes. a lot. That's a lot. Um, so yeah, just an incredible, uh, documentary, um, where you just see like this, uh, at least to me, what's like the golden era hip hop in the nineties, right? You see all these artists so young, um, on their show, uh, like Wu-Tang before they were signed and all that. Right. And then, um, a lot of the time it was about fans of the show, um, were like interwoven in this narrative fans of the show with tapes that they made recording their show in the middle of the night in the 90s and then like playing it back for them where these guys the columbia radio station and stretch and bobito didn't have the recording so they're hearing it for the first time since they recorded it um so like like i said there's like you know 16 biggie freestyle when he's 16 and like the big l jay-z uh freestyle which has like millions and millions of plays on youtube um just uh just an incredible incredible show like uh just amazing in terms of people with vision doing things ahead of the time uh you know ahead of time and and sort of like uh seeing the future and and setting seeing the future an artist, up like in their embryonic yes, stage when yes. like the wheels are turning and things are moving and giving them a platform to do it and yeah. sort of like the the raw um unfiltered unchecked uh beauty of it all like the idea that like like i think when big big l and jay-z showed up uh on their radio show the show was on in the middle of the night so a lot of the time there'd be they'd be there'd be like these young guys in their early 20s who'd be like out drinking at the clubs and whatnot and then they'd show up at the radio show at two three o'clock in the morning like you know trying to get in through the security downstairs to come up and come on the show and freestyle like in the middle of the basement yeah (laughs) yeah what is it that now i guess youtube would be what's filled that 
void? Like, where is, like, the... Is, I guess there isn't even... There's no, like, social version of that, well, right? With, like, 15-year-old fucking right. and it's next-generation like, right. geniuses and, all congregating. Well, what blows my mind, what I don't understand, and I guess it's probably because they don't want to do it, right? But, like, I sit here and I think about, like... um, Well, those guys kind of talk about how they fell out of love with the music uh, as the 90s were on and into the yeah. 2000s, and I get it. The right. Jaw Rule uh, didn't do it for him. Yeah, right, exactly. And it, even it was though like, he was probably on their show in like '94, right. like Mike Geronimo. And Stretch started <laughs> right, exactly. And Stretch started to like take a sharp left and want to just play like almost like, like incredibly like aggressive, thugged out music because he was trying to fill this gap that was left in the music. And then Bobito wanted to play conscious, lyric heavy yeah. rap to fill that gap. Um, and neither were really uh, fulfilled by what was available, and that's kind of why the show went away. But I thought to myself, like, you know, uh, I, I took up the uh, the uh, $6 a month for six months uh, serious XM deal, Ooh. right? So, I, you know, I listen to Shave 45 on my drive. When, mm-hmm. uh, spent a lot of time in the car uh, past few months. So, worth of it. course, I take, oh, so it's worth, worth it. it. So worth it, right? Um, but I think to myself, how come... Stretch and Bob don't have a show on Shade 45. They should, even if they're just curating it. I'm assuming they don't want to, because I, I can't imagine those guys not, I don't know, not having offers all over the place to do something, to not have a TV show. They should have something somewhere available in media. They, those guys should be creating something. Maybe they are, and I just, I'm just not aware of it, but I think to myself, like, man, like that show, you watch this documentary and it's absolutely magical, and you think to yourself, like, why can't I just put that on now? <laughs> like, why why doesn't that exist right now? Yeah. You know, There should just be a channel on Sirius that's playing their old shows that's from Columbia. Saying. Like, yeah. why, can't, you know, why yeah. can't that just be on? What's the title again? Uh, I believe it's Radio That Changed the World. Okay. Stretch, Stretch and Bobito Radio, Radio That Changed the World. It's on Netflix, just incredible. And like really well executed too. Like the way it's crafted and put together is just like beautiful. It's like it's awesome. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. It got me it got me fired up, uh, like just from a creative standpoint, but also just like my love of hip hop and whatnot. And 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 seeing all these amazing artists at these early points in yeah. their lives is just incredible. You don't even realize it's like uh, wow, look how fucking young they were yeah. and look who they are now yeah, and how oh, much yeah. like oof. Yep, yep. It's amazing. It's amazing. And what uh, you said you had two. Oh, yeah, yeah. My second one was just that I, I uh, stumbled upon uh, this rapper, Hus Kingpin, um, New York MC, uh, who has a pretty big body of work. I get the impression he's like been on the grind on the underground for a long time. Right. Um, but uh, the blogger, Big Ghost... Uh, who was like this brilliant blogger a few years ago. So you might be able to go into more detail on it. But he was like a brilliant blogger a few years ago and like would write, like write these like really insightful, really smart um, l- blogs, long blogs, often like assaulting Drake. Right. Um, Album reviews. Yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. Like that. But uh, done with like this satire to it. And he, it would be written in the voice of Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer of the Wu-Tang Clan right. who was like, uh, had a very colorful way of speaking. It would like, you know, yeah. Call himself like the Golden Hands of Zeus or something crazy, you know what I mean? Or Big ZD or whatever. Like they just <laughs> constantly, yeah. aka Thor Molecules, aka like you'd <laughs> right. have ten different AKs right, right, he'd right. rattle off right. in a row, and you're like, what the fuck? Right. So and, big, big ghost, right? Yeah. Like would write reviews and stuff in that sort of voice. Absolutely in that voice, yeah, yeah. and that might seem like. It might sound like that would be a little der- derivative or like corny, but it came off as totally singular and unique, yeah, yeah. and like just 
very entertaining. Like, I don't even think you have to know, uh, get the references. Like, yeah. it, you could hear, like, 20 things that he said, 20 different ways that he said Drake was soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, you know, like, or like, I think it even like spawned memes, like, you know, not that Drake cries in the shower, but, you know, I, yeah. I can't even think of the ones right, right now, but like, so he'd come up with so many ways, like, he'd, he'd review a Drake song and be like, that was softer than like right. baby poop or something. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Like, he always had something fucking soft, crazy. like a midget's cough. I there saw, I saw that he, he said that, like, you're basically referring to, you know, Prodigy passing last week. And, yeah. you know, just you think of all the legendary rappers who've, died young unfortunately right but yeah. you know biggie and tupac and big l and easy and big pun right mm -hmm. and now prodigy right and and his thing was basically like that uh we're gonna lose all of those mcs but taiga will live till the dinosaurs come back <laughs> yeah, <that's> uh. <laughs> I, I thought that was brilliant but anyway what what's what's really uh awesome about big ghost is the idea that so he's like this really insightful kind of genius blogger writing these satirical reviews and whatnot, but like with an incredible passion for the music. Um, and I think maybe like a similar aesthetic uh, to what we like. Yeah. And then he kind of took that and now he's producing entire albums. Oh, yeah. And he produced uh, the West Side Gun and Conway Griselda Ghost awesome album that is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then he produced this album for this dude, uh, Hus Kingpin, that's called uh, Cocaine, Cocaine Beach. Beach. And it is amazing start to finish. Just the whole vibe of the thing is is just incredible. Nice. And Hus Kingpin's just a, a dope rapper, like very New York. Um, and then sort of like the soundscape that Big Ghost creates is beautiful. So I, I really, a, really dig it. Here's a sample just from one of these things that people haven't heard, right? It's your boy Big Ghost, a.k.a. the new Russell Simmons, a.k.a. Acrobatic Chromosomes, a.k.a. the legendary Phantom Raviolis, a.k.a. Thor Molecules, a.k.a. Shampoo Bracelets, the Panty Melter, a.k.a. <laughs> Galaxy Knuckles the Great, a.k.a. the Mighty Hands of Zeus, and all that good shit. <laughs> and then he would... And he would do his annual 10 softest rappers live. Right, right. And of course, I think like Tyga, yeah. Drake was always number one. Drake's on there like, like multiple times. I think I saw Drake on there as number one and then Wheelchair Jimmy as number two, which <laughs> yeah. I, was Drake's role on, what was the TV show? Listen, Degrassi. Yeah, Degrassi, right. Yeah. He was the, right, Drake was an actor on Degrassi. So the top 10 softest rappers, Drake was one and then his character on Degrassi was two. And yeah, and he would always find, I was all, Equally impressive as like his vocabulary and his ability, like writing the satire, he'd find the funniest pictures of these. Like yeah. it'd be like Drake, like in like a fur yeah. bathrobe, yeah. a pink bathrobe, yeah. like a rose in his teeth. Perfectly <laughs> illustrating his point. I saw, I saw. Yeah, there, there's an example. It's not. I'm not gonna be able to do it justice. But he was like, it was some Drake line where he's talking about like how he doesn't know how if rappers of the past would be able to exist today. Right, so it's a picture of Tupac and Biggie, right? Oh, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they look like two guys that you would go across the street to walk down the other side of the street if yep. they were walking at you, right? Then the next picture is Jay Z and Nas together, like drinking champagne at like Gons. a bar, like at a bar, like like in '96, right? Both just looking like these deadly serious, like you said, like Don's, like yeah. former drug dealer dudes, like like serious fucking dudes, right? Who are up and down the I-95 corridor, right? <laughs> and then the next picture is Drake and J. Cole together who look like they should be like actors on a Disney after-school mm -hmm. special. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's just funny. Just perfectly, just with those images, like perfectly uh, undermined Drake's line about how hard he was. 
And, and I'm not even like I'm not even like an all in Drake hater. There's a couple Drake songs I like. I don't think he's not talented, but it is funny. He's like, Aubrey had a busy week. Not sure if somewhere in the back of his head he felt his reign as the softest rapper on earth was slipping from his moisturized grasp. <laughs> he says, no matter how much he blurs the lines between genders, you're still going to love that dandelion-blowing, seashell-bracelet-making, warm, soy-milk-drinking motherfucker the same way. <laughs> Burned. Yeah. Classic. Yep. Classic. So yeah, so not only did, was that guy able to write crazy, funny, brilliant stuff. Yeah, he but, leveraged it into a yep. opportunity to find some dope rappers and his and his production is amazing and Beautiful. Eminem signed them. You can tell how um how much ingesting all of that quality music helped yeah. him sort of create his own aesthetic. It's it's that lived thing. up to like the rules he yeah, was very critiquing so. them based on. Very much yep. so. Beautiful stuff. So Good yeah, shit. so I have been I've been listening to Cocaine Beach and, and really digging it. And new Jay Z album dropping Friday. Woof. On my birthday. Happy birthday, Gregory. Oh, shit. On Thank Friday. You. Thank oh, you very shit. much. Thank you very much. Hope, he did it hope just... knows. I appreciate that, hope. Don't think. Don't think. Special the, occasion. Don't think the gesture goes unnoticed. He said, "We gonna save it for Greg." <laughs> He's had this like streak of uh, doing albums for. He Important makes them events. into events. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that was the one this time. There's no such thing as coincidences. Uh, <laughs> we've been training with some weights lately. We- don't try to segue. We as in I'm, I'm gonna segue away from my from from the fact that Jay Z's dropping an album on my birthday on purpose to talk about uh in the God frequency. Talk about it. No, just uh, talk about I, it. I trained three times in well well under twenty four hours the other day. Well mm-hmm. I, I trained three times in about eighteen hours. I was almost gonna text you this week to ask you what the protocol was. Cause I did like an early evening workout and then it was like late evening. Okay. And I could not sleep. Right. Wifey's working till like midnight every okay. night this week. So I was like, maybe I'll go do another. Wow. But it was like four hours later and right. I'm like, this might not be a good idea. So what is the, what's the cutoff in which you'd be like. All right. Well, I'll give you an example of how it went with us. All right. So um, we had the training day at Attila's Gym in EHD, which is like a dope gym. Yeah. Really dope new gym. Uh, carrying on the lineage of the Attilus gyms that are all around South Jersey um, in Egg Harbor Township. Uh, this dude, Drew, opened it uh, with Chris, who um, had the original Attilus in, in Wildwood and, and its various offshoots. And uh, so we were lucky enough to have our training day there, but uh, Dirt and I uh, kind of planned our schedules to meet up and go down early and train in Brigantine because I always feel like whenever I'm in South Jersey, I got to try it train and break so we went to break and we shot some footage and got a workout in we did some back did some back right and that was around like one thirty. yeah right about around one thirty. then we hightailed it out to the mainland got some chow at cheeto burrito nice. really good really yeah, fresh sounds good yeah 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 um and then went uh to get set up at at Attilus. Um, and then once we were sort of underway there, uh, like, and people started to trickle in and it was like, you know, leading up to like when they get busy. So it was like from four to seven, um, once we were set up and like, it was still kind of quiet there. Uh, like there was a lot of equipment in close proximity to where we were. Mm -hmm. So we just like did an arm workout. 
Nice. While one guy trains while the other guy mans the table, yeah. and Anasan was there, and we were all kind of awesome. like just going back and forth, right? So that workout was only like three hours after the prior workout. Nice. And then went home, ate, you know, got some sleep, and then got up the next morning and trained at like six. Awesome. So between one p one thirty p.m. and six a.m., I, I trained three times. The that protocol, I would say, if you were gonna do something like that, is you gotta. I mean, this is assuming your schedule would just allow you to do whatever you see fit in the four Let's in those four hours. You had clear eat. Saturday. Yeah, those four hours you had were just wide oh. open, and you had no nothing right. you had to do in those in that uh, time. Period, right? Basically, a miracle. Right. <laughs> yes, I would think that you would if you were going to train, and then you knew you were going to train again four hours later somehow. Okay. If that's what you're saying, or you don't know you're going to train, that's the thing. Well, you were just you started entertaining. Well, I'm the just idea. saying. So you're saying you'd have to strategize in advance in order to pull it no, off no, or, no 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 i, I yeah. did not plan that right. i did not plan i didn't work out yeah, yeah. knowing or right, thinking right. i would e even consider working out later foods i had worked yeah. out and i ate yeah. and it was later in the night and i'm like well the gym the gym's gonna be open like a half an hour right, right. i'm awake i'm up yeah, yeah. i got nothing to do yeah, yeah. maybe yeah go and get another one I mean, the thing would be just like, I think it would be a matter of if you had that four hours open and you were able to eat and digest a meal in that time and maybe also have a shake. Like if you had a shake right after you trained yeah. in that instance and then like a meal an hour later. Hit an all-you-can-eat buffet for a couple hours. <laughs> if you had like a legit meal with, with, you know, a good amount of protein and some carbs in it and, you know, fats and you were able to rehydrate and just lay low and, yeah. and chill for a little while uh, have a little bit of downtime before you go back it's entirely doable i think do you always have you ever trained as the last thing before bed is there always food after training should be well i know there should be but i'm just saying like what's you're talking yes. training yes, would I've... you say to yourself like I can't, I'm not going to have time to eat afterwards, yeah. so I might as well wake up early and train so that I can um, eat after. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it's never happened in my entire life, but I, I would say that I would always try to have something after I train. Like maybe it was a weird scenario where like I had like a substantial meal prior yeah. and then I trained, but then I, I would definitely at least have a shake. Something. Yeah. Some sort of nutrition, at least in my opinion, you got to yeah. get something in after you work out. So, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be anything as elaborate as, like, a real, you know, complete whole food meal that you chew. Which is next. But I think, but, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. But but I think you do need some form of calories uh, and protein yeah. to, get, to be in your system. The perfect the case is, like, if it's really late, perfect scenario, really late, you're going to train and go to sleep. You train and then you go home and you make, like, a case in protein shake or something like that. In you're a perfect a late, you're world. You're a late night trainer. In a perfect world. Right, I, you, you're, I usually you, train for PM training. PMT. I, yeah, because I'm not a uh, an early bird like Greg, due oh, to the situation. Dude, I'm not an early bird. I know you're not, but you're forced you to. Into forced one. to yeah, be yeah, exactly. I just feel It'll like it'll happen, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> I feel like the best workouts in the morning is just you know have coffee or whatever and just fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. If you have time later in the day, like after work, and you have time to fuel up, that's and you have you know a shitload of time to do it. That's when the best workouts are as well. You know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, I just, much of what we're talking about, uh, certain uh, sects of the internet uh, would consider us to be speaking about bro science, none of which is relevant. 
Okay. So, for example, the idea of the post-workout meal, they would mock because yeah. that's not not necessary. Um, the food that you ate three hours prior, the amino acids are still in your bloodstream. That food is still Why being digested. Why is it necessary? Because they claim that there's no impact on muscular gain based on food that you would consume after training, and that that's like um, it doesn't matter. So basically, what they would say is like like let's say. For you, Sco, uh, your ideal uh, caloric intake and cal- protein for a day um, in order to gain muscle. So let's say somebody just a said quota hit a hit. Let's say somebody says that's three thousand calories and two hundred grams of protein. Well, that's it. You just hit it over the course of the day. Whenever it happens, it happens, and it doesn't matter. Okay. And that's their argument. I like turtles. Is this a, a new movement? I like turtles too. Uh, Is this a internet age movement? Yes. Yes. Very much so. And and so, like, uh, the concept of post-workout meals and eating clean, all that stuff is... is well, how could eating clean gen- not matter? Because they also tell you that a calorie is a calorie. Yeah, but it can't just be... I hear you. Bro, you can eat whatever you want if you say So it. what if I'm eating styrofoam? That doesn't well, they, basically, the, <laughs> idea, the idea being that, that, you, that there's an ideal number of macronutrients that you should be consuming each day to maintain, to lose body fat to gain muscle whatever that goal is okay once that th- that number is established um it doesn't matter the source of the those. now i should say while this sounds ridiculous to me that's pretty much how i've been living for the last month okay i've basically been training yeah and my goal is to keep training my goal is to keep training yep. and once i've got that once i feel like yeah. i've got a really good grasp of every single thing that I'm doing. Right. And maybe that's, I, I know that that's like a very abstract goal. Yeah. But like that was my first step was like, I'm just going to do this all the time right. until I have to do this all the time. And it's like an addiction. And then I'm going to start really fine tuning everything. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's still, I don't necessarily like lie to myself that that's the best way to do it. Here's the thing. You know? I mean, I, it's basically, you know, to a certain extent, it's, how I've lived for quite some time now where I just try to make intelligent choices. I try to make sure I'm prioritizing protein. Um, and I just may try to make sure that depending on, you know, uh, you know, my goals at a specific time that I'm always at least consuming enough calories as opposed to not enough calories. Right. Right. Um, and then if I'm, if I'm, um, consuming not enough calories, then at least I'm getting enough protein. Like, that's sort of the way I see it. So, like, I, you know, it's not like I, I live uh, this meticulous bodybuilding lifestyle in terms of my meals. But, like, there are extremists out there who would tell you that you could, for example, uh, create an entire diet with whey protein and gummy worms. Boring. Not boring, but just forget. We're going to have a boring, right? Just like oh, you could get all the protein you need from whey shakes and then save the remaining 2,000 calories so that's good. It would be your carbs over the course of the day and just eat candy. Mm. And that would be because it doesn't matter calories a calorie. And like, that's like a, it's extreme. I don't want that. It's, an, like extreme, it's an extreme example, but I, there's people I, I who believe that to be true. I don't want that. I don't want, even if it's true, yeah, I don't yeah, want that. Yeah. I don't know. I've been going this thing. I lived, and I guess I always knew it's true, but I was always cardio, 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 and not getting the results I wanted, right? right? And found that I'd have like a, an off day 
where I'd fall off the way and go out, eat, drink, or whatever. Sure. And I'd have to, like, run my body into the fucking ground for a week. Right. To compensate for that right, day. Right, right, sure. And I'd do that, like, yeah. and that day comes once a week, or maybe it's once every twice weeks, but whatever. Like, got to the point where I'm, like, running 30 miles a fucking week, as hard as I fucking can. Right. Just in a puddle of sweat, exhausted afterwards. And I'm like, uh, I'm in okay shape. Right, and that's like, <laughs> and that's like not, that's not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, and cal- and like worrying about calories and all right, this right. stuff. And I'm like, so I- I'm lifting, and I'm totally like free of all that, mm-hmm. and I love it. So I basically yeah. just been like, oh, I'm gonna eat. Yep. Oh, does that? Is there two things I'm deciding between, and one has some more more protein? Okay, I'm gonna eat that. Right. And that's like literally now you know I'm like doing shakes and all that sure. stuff too but that's basically yeah, it. Yeah. i'm like feel so much fucking oh, better mm-hmm. i'm like fr- starting to see results like the last week man i was telling greg man i got like th- th- three days in a row i got pumps that were so fucking a godlike dude the most so gratifying feeling in the world so fucking crazy that i'm literally like the first time i was alarmed nice i was literally like my, my arms are about to fucking Pop. You went yes. home, you're like, babe, bend over. <laughs> no. no, but like, dude, seriously, I was like, holy shit, my arms were fucking, like, they felt like they were filled to the fucking brim. It's beautiful. So, I've been getting crazy pumps lately and just been feeling fucking great and no, just noticing all kinds of progress and weights going up and everything and it's just fucking, so I'm like, fuck this counting and worrying about every... I don't want, now that I'm doing that and I'm feeling good and my like, legs aren't worn down and shit, I'm like, I, the last thing I want to do is then lose that and become the guy who's like lifting and is like looking at the side of like my Tabasco jar to see yeah. how much sodium yeah, is in it. Course. Like, mm-hmm. I understand it. Yeah. I know that I believe that those things do add up. If yeah, you're yeah, on like, course. if that's your path and what right, you're right. into, that's great. That's not where I'm at. No, right? that's and not I re- what I want. I respect yeah. that sort of, uh, yeah, of extreme regimentation and all that. It's just, not, it, but it's it, it's not for me. I it's respect not, the effort and the discipline, no. but that's like, yeah, yeah. No, man. Right now, I feel like very freed up and refreshed and feeling good and strong. And it's like that's it, man. You know, that's it. You, tra- you train, train hard, and eat like a man. Not to not to like oversimplify it, but that's really what we're talking about. Here. Yeah. Unless you're a bodybuilder that wants to control their environment. But that's, no, but but see, but that's a different thing, though, right? Like if you're talking about. Um, Eating and training for a specific purpose, like yeah. the, for you know contest prep, mm-hmm. okay, um, and that sort of thing. Like that necessitates that sort Absolutely. of regimentation. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about like uh, training to uh, training and eating to feel good, perform well, look better, make progress, but not to necessarily be weighed down by it all in a way that's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to ruin every aspect of my life or taint it in a way where it's like this, you know? Um, and again, I said, I know this is like partly naive cause I know that the more you go in that, the more it produces results. I'm sure if you're counting every single gram of every single thing of protein and sodium and all of that carbs, but I think there's gotta be like some kind of balance well, for me at least. There's like, a I, cost, but there's a cost to it all. Yeah. So, um, yes, you could make, uh, x percentage of progress in terms of uh your physique or your strength or or whatever 
um, but it all comes at a cost, and it's all about what's worth it to you, yeah. you know, and what what is it worth giving up to make that progress? And I mean, everything's like that to a certain extent. If at the very least we're talking about the investment of time, which is right. maybe the most valuable currency, right? Yeah. But it's like, all right, you're going to give up X amount of time to devote to train or to whatever your specific goal is, um, and you're, you know, uh, going to benefit from it, you know, hopefully equally to the time invested, right? Word. And then the same thing about how much time you're going to put into figuring out your 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 meals and, you know, prepping your meals or buying food your cast. meals or all that, right? <laughs> food you know, cast. Always food cast. I love it. was the pie. dirtiest thing you ate this week? Let's go, out, let's go out on that. <laughs> oh, dirtiest thing I ate this week. There was, okay, dirtiest thing this week. Cigarette. Now, and I don't usually go this way. But vanilla ice cream okay. with, um, I believe, peanut butter M&M Chips Ahoy cookies in it. Ooh, I'm so proud of you right now. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Damn good. Yeah. Damn good. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's one of the great things is like guilt-free, man. Yeah, man. I have you no fucking problem. It. You earn it with all that training. I have no problem. I know that like if I keep, if I just get to the gym consistently, like stuff like that's yeah. no big fucking deal. Whereas before... Like I'd have like weight that, of the world on your dude. Shoulders. I'd have like that that five minutes. You talk about like five minutes of kind. <laughs> I'd have like five minutes of pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Followed by yeah, yeah. nothing but fucking guilt, guilt and fucking yeah, like yeah. it was like was that even worth it? Yeah, or yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, Louis C.K. uses the phrase shame glaze. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're coated in it. Yeah, you just eat something grimy. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. afterwards, like you know, there's just White Castle bags everywhere. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what am I doing? I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love White Castle. I need to do it. What was the dirtiest thing you ate this week? All right. Well, I, I'll break it down. I'll, I'll give you like a... So like on Saturday, uh, I got up and I trained. And I don't remember what the rest of my day looked like. But Tara and I, my mom came in to watch the babies. Okay. So Tara and I got out for a minute. So you're you're, you're a free man. Already, you're oh, like oh, off the chain. Hold on. Let me tell you. Let me tell you that the, the, some of the times like where Tara and I will have like a day or... A weekend imagine that to ourselves like sometimes we'll like if we're staying at my mom's place like and my mom's watching the babies or if we're going to get a hotel somewhere or whatever yeah. always a hotel with a with a kitchen in it by the way yeah um if we're doing so right uh like sometimes we'll go to the supermarket and it's like you just got out of prison yeah, like you're over buying yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh completely completely <laughs> yeah. because it's like part of like a celebration and you don't know what to do with all this freedom yeah yeah so no absolutely to do is eat. so anyway so we got we got vietnamese and I had a, a massive bowl of pho. 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 Pho life. <laughs> with the uh, with a rare steak and the Vietnamese meatball and extra noodles. And then the... Uh, wow. And the the goi quan, which I know Sko is a fan of, which Wait, are the... Is, is this supposed to be a dirty Hold meal? on. I'm getting there. Okay. All right. Uh, which uh, I know Sko is a fan of, the goi quan. Yes, uh, absolutely. Which is like the uh, spring roll in the rice paper with the uh, fresh shrimp and pork in it. Hell Related yes. to Ray, of course. Dipped into the... Uh, <laughs> the chef? Dipped into uh, like a peanut sauce with the sriracha in there. Hit it. Good times, right? So had that, which is not dirty in my opinion. That's, no, no. If you I, think I, that's, that's why dirty, I like then, it. Yeah, yeah. It's clean. Yeah, it's clean. If you think that's dirty, then if that's a cheap meal for you, then we can't be friends. Um, so anyway, so so I had that with a beer. Ooh. Hey, okay. And then uh, some time went by. I don't think I had any kind of junk. Um, so I got a steak and I made a rare steak. Uh, 
Mm. Uh, T-bone, pan fried with Kerrygold, just salt and pepper like a real chef, Christian Coronado, be proud. Oof. Crush that, right? So I'm doing pretty good right now. Then I add some icy creams, mm. some Haagen-Dazs, brownie mm. a la mode. Ooh. With Chips Ahoy mixed in, as Sko was just talking about. Uh, we I might too, have to go late. I too. Shit, I just thought of something. I too. A story. For I me. too did the same thing. And then, all right, so is flip it to the next day. Uh, end of the day, I had buffalo chicken pizza and wow. many Krispy Kremes. I don't know how many. I'm a big fan of buffalo chicken pizza. Buffalo chicken pizza. It, it wasn't great buffalo chicken pizza, but I, my boy Ant Tedesco had competed and won and kicked ass at the Garden States last week. Well, then you and, have to celebrate. And after his contest, Ooh. he had buffalo, some buffalo chicken pizza that, like, from, from apparently one of the great pizza places in the world. Yeah. Someplace in Connecticut. And he put pictures of it online. And so then it just, in my mind, you know how that happens? So then in my mind was buffalo chicken pizza. So he had, like... So we had like the 10 of 10 buffalo chicken pizza, the 11 of 10 buffalo chicken pizza, and I had like the four and a half of 10 buffalo chicken pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mine was weak sauce. Well. Mine was like double A ball. His was like, you know, the 1927 Yankees. But yeah, so I finished my, my, my day with some buffalo chicken pizza, which was relatively mediocre, and then many Krispy Kremes. Don't know how many. All right. We're going to cut it off there because now I'm starving. Okay. That's that. All right. That was episode. Hold on. I don't know what 30. Oh, oh shit! My Wonder. Pillsbury Doughboy, uh, what the hell? Cinnabon sugar cookies with a shitload of milk. Wow! So there's cinnamon, cinnab, like cinnabon sugar cookies. Yeah, together they're really so good. So the Pillsbury cinnamon roll uh-huh. and the Pillsbury sugar cookie is one thing. One thing, and it comes out. Look, it comes out in cookie form, Oof. and it tastes fucking amazing. Wow! So it's cookie shaped. What's the texture of a it's Cinnabon a, cookie? No, no, no. It's just like Cinnabon flavored, Cinnabon uh, sugar cookie flavored. Uh, I didn't eat that dirty. I had like all you can eat crabs. I was in Maryland oof, this weekend and then- That's amazing. Dipped in butter. A bunch of, you know, Drawn cocaine, butter. molly, cigarettes, drugs, disgusting filth. It's none that of my was, business. Just, that was just before the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I blacked out what happened. Uh, no, nah, so, yeah. Just those cookies were yeah, fucking milk, Yes. I don't respect, I, I can't respect people who eat cookies without milk. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to eat cookies just by themselves. Oh, yeah, I can eat a cookie. All right, no milk. disrespect. <laughs> Doesn't apply <laughs> no, to you. It's fine. Doesn't <laughs> apply to you. But you know, so those are like how my life rules are. It's like I live by this fucking code and I apply it to fuck it everybody. Except you. Oh, I like you. You're cool. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like the same. Cheat code. Except you, Scott. Uh, Except you, man. You're cool. It doesn't, it doesn't count. It's like I never take issue with something like that because. Uh, I'm, I ain't worried about it. I have a lot of these hard, <laughs> hard line food edicts too that make no sense. So. Fruit, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the warm fruit, the warm fruit. Uh, yeah. Martin Luther adjustment that's of. A, uh, that's right. Fruit and pastry. For all you. Separation of church and state. Fruit and pastry. Historical religious fans. The re- the the, the, the dessert reformation. Fans. I'm the Martin Luther of the <laughs> <Yeah>. dessert reformation. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Amen to that. Dirt's nodding. All right. So what episode is that? This would be nine. 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 Next week we turn ten. Next week is Squadcast X. Oh. Hey. The ace. Yes, correct. And I'm going to tell everybody next week about a uh, violent fist fight I watched. Oh, snap. So there's a little cliffhanger for you. Next week on Squad. Peace. Peace. Peace.